Our humanoid friends and helpmates have just celebrated National Robotics Week with special events such as a robot zoo and a robot block party. Of course, we don't imagine the bots are drinking beer or wine. They may be the stuff of science fiction, but robots are now widely used in industry, and more and more they take on such dangerous tasks as defusing bombs or flying aircraft over hostile territory. To get some clues of how robots will interact with just plain folks, Lisa Raffensperger took a trip to Los Angeles. Her story comes to us from the IEEE Spectrum Magazine, National Science Foundation special, Life in 2030. You smell the Los Angeles Korean Festival before you see it. Billows of smoke rising from enormous grills, skillets of dumplings, fried potato pancakes. This small park in central L.A. for one weekend a year turns into a fairground. Vendors sell food, Korean groceries, and makeup. And L.A.'s Korean population, the largest outside of Korea, turn out by the thousands. But in one corner of the hubbub is something quite different. I want a leg battery. I want to stick a leg battery in here so you can run for longer. Here, you want me to put it in? Sure, so there's a specific order. But you gotta go plug in, plug and then hold, and then push down, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. That's the most annoying motor to change. Two of Dennis Hong's post-grad students take turns working on a five-foot-tall robot, Charlie, who you'll meet properly a little later on. They're getting him ready for his big stage act later this afternoon. His white chest plate is removed, exposing his CPU, or central processing unit, the hardware you can think of as the brain of the robot. He has white arms and a smallish egg-shaped plastic head with a black face plate. But apart from those, he looks like a contraption from an advanced erector set, all gears, motors, and metal beams. Charlie was America's first true full-size humanoid when he was created back in 2010. Compared to bots like Honda's Asimo, Charlie's strength is that he's sort of the cheap and cheerful type. He weighs only about 30 pounds and is designed to be one of the cheapest humanoids out there. He's also, as it turns out, the world soccer champion among robots since 2011. Bryce Lee, PhD student in Hong's lab, explains. Um, it's got a couple of sensors. One is a, just a standard USB webcam that's in his head um, that it uses to look around, find the soccer ball in the field, find the lines in the field so it can figure out where it is um, and locate the goals. Um, and then it figures out how it wants to, to move in order to kick it to score. Um, it's also got an inertial measurement unit. It's kind of like your inner ear. It's a balance sensor uh, that it uses to figure out if it's you know, tilted forward a little bit um, so it'll compensate by you know, tilting itself backwards um, just to stay as balanced as possible during its walk. Um, but when it runs soccer mode, it's 100% of times. It's actually it's better at playing soccer autonomous than it is with us remote controlling it. Uh, we're pretty bad at that. But Charlie hasn't flown all the way to L.A. from the lab's home at Virginia Tech to play soccer. He's here to bust a move, to show off his dance steps. The Korean pop song Gangnam Style had only weeks prior become a global sensation. And just for this occasion, Charlie's been taught to do its signature dance. There's only one problem. The night before, instead of busting a move, Charlie busted a motor. There are already tiny audience members clamoring. He didn't do it yesterday, did he? He died. He started. 
Will he dance today? They all want to know. Uh, yeah, he's going to work at 4 o'clock, definitely. Since Hong founded the lab in 2004, Romella, the Robotics and Mechanisms Laboratory at Virginia Tech, has moved increasingly toward humanoid robots. That's no accident, says Hong. If a robot needs to live with us in an environment designed for humans, then I claim that the robot needs to have the size and shape of a human. The reason being, when you open a door, the door handle is at a certain height because that's ergonomics. It's designed for humans. Your step size, it has a certain step height. That's because for humans to walk on the steps. So if the robot is not a humanoid form, it won't be able to navigate the environment designed for humans. Not all of the team's projects are humanoids, but two of their biggest are. One is called Sapphire, for shipboard autonomous firefighting robot. And that one's being designed now on a Navy grant. The other is Thor, for tactical hazardous operations robot. That bot will be entered into the DARPA Robotics Challenge, what Hong calls the... Biggest, boldest most expensive, craziest, most challenging, yet most important, in my opinion, robotics project of the history of humankind. Exactly the kind of burden these humanoid shoulders can bear. At least that's what Hong's betting on. Watch out, you don't want to be too close to the robot. It might kick you. Oh, yeah. You don't want to get kicked by a robot. Yeah, he's a soccer champion, I It's almost go time, and Charlie's doing his first and only practice run. He'll be operated by remote control, but still, there are myriad things that could go wrong. (laughs) His feet set wide, he starts with the side-to-side rocking, then some galloping, but with feet firmly planted culminating in the lassoing motions of the song's music video. It's a hit! It's got to be said, the robot's got rhythm. Now let's just hope he's not got stage fright, too. The novelty of robots will wear off in coming decades, and some of their entertainment value with it. They might be as familiar as the postman. 2030, uh, for example, you buy something online, and probably it's not going to be a brown truck delivering your boxes, but probably it's going to be a, a unmanned aerial vehicles that's going to drop this package in front of your door. Still, robots will be far too expensive for ordinary domestic use, Hong says. Are we going to have human robots walking around in our home? Probably not. Robots, you'll see these expensive robots used where, in an area where money doesn't matter. What does it mean? Medical robotics, military robotics when people's lives are involved. It's priceless, so cost doesn't matter. And this part is maybe overlooked in our computer-mad culture, but Hong says it's really the nuts and bolts of robots that will hold them back. If you look at more of the technology that involves physical systems like cars or anything that needs to move machinery, it doesn't grow as fast as information technology. We've been talking about flying cars since when? Do we have flying cars today? No, we don't. So by the 2030, I believe that we'll have the electronics and the software up to par, hopefully, but still what's going to be lagging is more of the physical systems. Hong's group is working on some such mechanisms, taking inspiration from the way humans walk. We're coming up with a pretty big departure from the traditional humanoid architecture. We developed these new type of actuators. They extend and contract like a human muscle, and they have built-in titanium springs for impedance control and try to mimic the human walking. Now, this is a high-risk, high-payoff project. It's ridiculously difficult. 
But if we can succeed, it's going to be a revolutionary change in how we can build walking robots. It's Charlie's moment in the sun. Dennis Hong walks up and introduces him, and Charlie steps forward right on cue. Hello, everyone. My name is Charlie, the first autonomous full-sized humanoid robot from the United States made by Dr. Dennis Hong at Virginia Tech. Welcome to the 39th Los Angeles Korean Festival. I hope you are having a great time. Thanks, Charlie. In Korean, Hong says how Charlie is a soccer champ, but will today be trying something new. Then Charlie's feet spread wide. Cue the music. Cell phone cameras already in the air. Charlie executes every move perfectly, the audience bobbing along in time. The video is plastered on YouTube. You could even call it a vision of the future. But the reality will be much more interesting if Dennis Hong has anything to do with it. I'm Lisa Ravensberger. Lisa's story comes to us from the IEEE Spectrum magazine, National Science Foundation special, Life in 2030. Baby, baby, not more, Gangnam Style